Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Tony Dunn, and not to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst. Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, take a seat in familiar place, Panther fans, as you take a seat on the couch for a C3 C3 therapy show as the Carolina Panthers have fallen to 0-2 in the preseason and it's hard for us. It's so, so hard for us to simply stay calm, simply to not panic. How do we? Just relax, stay calm, don't panic. I'm not sure at this point if I'm ready to press the panic button, folks, but there are a lot of things to talk about and many of them are unpleasant it's the c3 panthers post game show the carolina panthers fall to the new york they've lost to both new york teams now and uh, really have let up like something like 48 points through the first six quarters of preseason football and they only scored three points in those six quarters as well. My name's Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers postgame show, and I'm always here with my best buds, Cody Lashney, my wheel man. Not the best of terms here. I got to say that I don't know what's more stressful, the Panthers' start to the 2023 preseason or a Friday free-for-all. Oh, dude, it's a Friday (laughs) free-for-all, hands down, bro. Uh, I've been doing it every Friday for 113 Fridays now. Wow. Yeah, that's right. I've been keeping track. But uh, listen, man, it was it started out rough. It started to get a little better. Some players started to turn it on. But I'm going to be real with you. Ikki Iquanu, your time is ticking, partner. Just like Greg has his heels that he's dying on. I'm just saying, bro, I've been the originator of this idea that maybe Brady Christensen and Ikea Kwanu need to switch positions. But, hey, don't jump on my back just yet. It's a long season. It's only preseason. And, Tony Dunn, right now we're being joined by the best damn Panther fans in all of YouTube, damn it. Our guys, Drew, Anthony, Diana Breed, Eugene Sutherland, Josh, KT, Lance Kubiak, Lawrence Trevette, Leo Factor One, Muscles Marinara, Paisan, what's up, brother? New Daddy O, Roosevelt Mongo, Supreme Lita Z, Tim Stallings, and that boy White Chocolate Espresso. Tony Dunn, it's a post game show. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. 
The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. We're going to take some calls tonight. We're going to go and see how the night takes us. We just did three hours on the post-game show, and uh, it, and it was watch a lot of – Yeah, I mean, yeah, not, yeah now, Friday yeah. freeze-all. Yeah, now we're on the – so we're going to not, this might not be the most extensive post game show in the history of the C3 Panthers podcast, but we're here for you guys, the fans smash the thumbs up button, subscribe. We're just one of you hop on the couch. Tell us how concerned you are. I want to hear what you think. When is it time to panic? Are you panicked? Is this just a preseason and how do the Carolina Panthers get better? That's really what we need to be starting to focus on. What can this team to do? do to get better ck the voice that makes a voice good to be back with you not the most happiest of terms as a carolina panther fan but it's always fun to hang out with the fellas yeah no listen and, and i understand the need to be optimistic I, I i'm a big fan of that uh approach and uh many people are saying just chill out it's the preseason my only concern right now is our team looks bad and they are going to be bad until they aren't that's just the reality of it, right? We can pan- we we we're not saying press the panic button, let's hop off of the Panthers train and get off on the next stop. But it's okay to say what we've seen from this team has been bad, worse than every other team from what we can tell. Like every team in the NFL, if you look at highlights, you know, until the last half of this this game, like it's been positives all the way around, right? Some things to improve on, but it just felt like this team was the worst of the bunch. So until we aren't bad, we are. You've just got to you got to accept that and then just hope that they change it before the season begins or uh at least before it gets too far into the into the game into the season. Every super every super villain seems to be a fallen superhero. Greg has become the villain <laughs> of the C3 Panthers podcast. Greg, we're owed to CK's right. We're bad. The team's bad. You're absolutely right. And I'll go ahead and tell you right now, uh, villains are not wrong. (laughs) The best villains in the world are not wrong. They just go about things the wrong way, like how to get there the wrong way. But they're not wrong in what they're saying. And I'll say this to everybody. Spoken like a true villain. Huh? Spoken like a true villain. Exactly. (laughs) You're not wrong. You're just wrong about the way you're going about things. Uh, And I'll say this to everybody who uh, doubts me, because I have a huge following of people that agree with me. That's what I do. I drink other things. That's all I'm saying. I drink other things. That's what he does. Yeah. That's what he does. All right. Um, Let's jump into the show. I am going to give a shout out to our sponsors, because we need you to help our sponsors. Go to calderalab.com slash C3. Twice a day, facial treatment for men. Men, care about yourselves. Look, it really makes me, it made my skin a lot better. That's a free ad read. But look, if you want us to get more, get us bigger as a podcast, if you want to find something to be happy about more than the Carolina Panthers, we got to get this podcast popping, folks. We need your help. Smash the thumbs, subscribe, call in at 252-228, hit the share, and get in those comments, folks. Maybe even get your skin looking good and looking young because right now I got some wrinkles after this game. I'm going to have to put that serum on Cody. Cody, I'm going to start off with this question. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with the Panthers? Right now, what's wrong with the Panthers uh, is a lot of vanilla play calling from offense and defense. 
Uh, I believe on offense, the offensive line uh, is still questionable, man. It still looks a little suspect. We're not creating dependable holes running the football. Run blocking continues to be an issue for this offensive line. And when it comes to pass protection, look, we'll get into the long-term left tackle discussion at some point, and especially over the course of the season. But, I mean, I'm just being honest. And Kevin Kwanu, through two weeks, has looked like the worst member of our offensive line. Last year, we were hard on Taylor Moten. And Taylor Moten has looked better than in Kevin Kwanu thus far. Now, if you want to say, oh, Cody, it's preseason. It's just preseason. Calm down. That's fine. You're allowed to think that because I've been telling that to Greg when he issues these statements about Bryce. But we can also just look at the tape and see that Kevin Kwanu right now is struggling with a lot of positioning things when it comes to the left tackle position. Our offensive line, uh, I mean, pardon me, our receivers, uh, to this point, have not looked incredibly potent. They've had some okay plays, but for the most part, you know, not not a whole lot to write home about. Uh, and my last statement is that defense. I feel like uh, short and short distances we're okay, and deep down the field we're not bad either. But that intermediate section, right where the linebackers roam, there's a lot of coverage issues, and I feel like the Jets and the uh, Giants have exploited us in that area of the field. So we saw some progress, better than than last week, but still not right where we want to be. Do we What's that, CK? Do you want to play the press conference? Yeah, are they on right now? Yeah, they're on I'll now. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll okay, do it. let's right bring here. it up. Um, as we bring that up, uh, Greg, we you gotta go a t- to the beginning of when he comes on the podium because he's yeah. Timeline here Jackson. without saying. Bro- oh, okay. I guess they already got it. So we'll see of that physical uh, play, and then I still uh, want that question. Whatever you're you know, for sixty minutes, we got to clean up some penalties. But other than that, we'll get the execution cleaned up on the tape. Oh, that's not a good face. Um, no, he's been down all week. Big discussion was pass blocking. It seemed like the running game really struggled today. What, what did you take away from the sideline? I thought it was a mixed bag. You know, I thought it was a mixed bag. You know, look down, we're you know averaging whatever two point eight a carry, like Mike, like you're saying. There was sometimes we're struggling running it. And what then are you at, averaging passing? Same time we're dashing runs. Nice. Um, so we'll go back. He wasn't asked about that. He was asked about the running game. No, but he mentioned. I thought yeah, there were some good things. I thought children, we children. Um, we'll get a further evaluation with the tape. Mark Cole called him to play. We've obviously seen him in a big role before. What was the reason there? That he, that he didn't play. McCall? Yeah. He did play. Yeah. Yeah. No, all good. Ooh, who's wrong Did here? plan for Blackshear to um, enter the game in the second half. I thought we might see a little bit more of him in the first half. Or was that just part of the game plan to see Spencer Brown a little bit more? Yeah, it's just a rotate. You know, I, I just kind of leave that with Deuce to kind of rotate those guys, you know, give them all an opportunity with, you know, at different times in the game. What can you gauge oh God, about Frank that defense without Brian, Justin, Derek out there at all? Um, you know, I mean, obviously those are three good players that that we didn't play, but there's still there's still a lot of good things that we can look at. Obviously, um, you know, they had a couple they had a couple nice drives. You know, obviously that's a good football team, right? Uh, that's a good football team. So we'll learn from it. We still evaluate a lot of the individual play. Uh, 
you know, look forward to getting all of our guys out there, but we're responsible, right? That happens during the season. You, you lose guys for a series, a game, or something like that. So we got to figure out ways to play winning football, even when our star players aren't in there. That first drive that Jones put together against your starters, what, what did you see there? And kind of was there a common thread from that to last week against the Jets? I, I just thought, you know, they executed on a very high level in that first drive. I mean, it was a good, good play calling, good execution. You know, I thought Jones looked sharp. Um, I thought they kept us on our heels a little bit. So it was a good first drive by them. Frank, a lot was made of just the vanilla play calling in the first game. That by plan to a degree, what you think of the play calling? Yeah, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was better. I thought, you know, we did a little bit more. Um, we still didn't do a ton, but we did. We did some more. We did some more stuff. I, we had some a few plays, had an opportunity for a few more. Um, I thought Thomas did a great job calling the second half. You know, happy with his development there. Um, he's really sharp guy now. He's super sharp, and you know, thought he did a great job in the second half when he had an opportunity. In the interest of me not assuming, the goal I assume was to be vanilla again, like just because it's preseason? No, I wouldn't say we were that. I mean, that didn't feel like that to me. Um, you know, I, like I said, did we do everything that we do? No. Um, there's a lot more that we can do. But we we did a couple things that, um, you know, we did a couple things in this game that we didn't do the first game. Thoughts on Bryce? I thought Bryce looked sharp, um, you know, put together a nice drive, you know, would have liked to have us finish it off, um, you know, Obviously, unhappy with the number of penalties we had. I don't know what the total number was. Yeah, eight, too many penalties. Um, but I thought Bryce looked sharp. I think he wanted to throw the ball more. You know, I mean, I think I think he came off wanted to throw a little bit more. But um, I thought he looked sharp. One play where they glitched and he picked it up and hit Mingo for fifteen. Is that just a good read? Yeah, it was good read, and uh, I, I think he was seeing it really well. You know, um, they did blitz a few times. I, I think. You know, we'll see the film, but I think we made the right protection call every time. Um, I just felt like he was comfortable and poised in the pocket and seeing what he was supposed to see. There was one play where Thibodeau got by Nikki and the quarterback. Was that miscoverage or miscommunication? Or um, yeah, I, I have to go back and look at it. I, I, I see that flash in my mind, but I, I don't remember it verbatim. Chandler's all finally got some time today. How did yeah. you feel he played today? Yeah, I'm... I, I'm excited to look at the tape. You know, um, he had a good week of practice. Obviously, I wasn't kind of I wasn't zoning in on him one on one, you know, during the game. But, um, you know, I thought up front, I thought our protection was better besides the one that you were talking about. I thought our protection at times was pretty good. Frank, uh, Rick Paul Williams and LeBron Ray are two guys we haven't really talked about. Uh, they got a lot of playing time in this one and had some plays. What did you see from them? Yeah, I mean, I think we like them. You know, they've kind of come in recently, Mike, like you said, and, you know, have made a good impression. And so, you know, we'll look at the tape, grade these, grade this out, but they've made a good impression since they've been here. They have another, you know, we all have another week to kind of prove, you know, have a chance to make this roster. You challenged Sam Franklin at the beginning of camp, kind of step up. How's the progression gone? Sam's been a pro, um, you know, really happy with the way he's playing, approaching practice. Um, you know, just showing good leadership. Um, and then when he gets out there and he's playing on defense, you know, ma making plays, um, making him, making us feel his presence out there. So very happy with uh, with Sam this this whole training camp. Were there two more, were there two more questions? 
just looking forward, will Bryce play game three? And will any other big names will or will not play? You know, um, you know we'll, I'm not going to say anything 100% sure. Um, right, right now, the plan is for everybody to get ready to play. And uh, the plans for everybody to get ready to play. We'll see how we come out of this game injury-wise. We'll talk about it as a coaching staff, um, and, you know, and see what what do we need to accomplish. If if I feel like we need to accomplish something as a coaching staff, if we feel like there's things we need to accomplish in one more preseason game, then we'll play the guys that need to be in there for that. Um, if I feel like we're ready, um, you know, then you know, then we won't play those guys. Okay. Thank you. All right, that is Frank Reich, head coach yep. for the Carolina Panthers after um, – oh, we don't need to get rid of this guy, Let's go, whoever that guy is. Um, head coach for the Carolina Panthers, new head coach, um, addressing the media after the second preseason loss. As we look to Frank right, right away, the demeanor is unhappy, right? Um, I like that he is – I mean – not panicking and listening to us in a sense. I wonder how his PR, if he has a PR agent. Hey, or, do you want to hear Bryce? Yes, I do. I want you guys to think about this is how do you, how are you, if you're Frank Reich, are you trying to frame this narrative going forward? Here's uh, Bryce again, Young, Panthers rookie quarterback. It's a huge goal for us as an offense. Um, but, you know, it, it feels good. But, you know, I think, again, it's just a day-by-day -day approach, you know, uh, watching the film. I, I feel like there's there's always room for improvement, always stuff I'm trying to grow in day-by-day. -day. So I think, you know, the more reps, the more experience, um, you know, especially when you get to go up against another team in a game environment, you know, those are kind of, you know, that that's a valuable experience for me, especially at this stage. So definitely grateful for it. A lot I want to improve on and get better at, but I'm going to keep taking it day-by-day. You've thrown six passes in each game. That's obviously not a huge sample size. Um, how have you been able to kind of create momentum and chemistry within a live game setting during those reps? Yeah, um, like you said, you know, it's a limited, you know, limited opportunities, but, you know, you got to make those count. And, you know, I think just listening to the coaches stressing urgency of, of every situation, every down, um, you know, again, you get a limited amount of reps in the preseason, but you have to make them count. And, you know, you, because of that, you know, there's a lot of emphasis, a lot of strain to, you know, to, to be the best we can. And, you know, we understand, again, um, we, we're trying to be perfect and, you know, you're never going to get there. And we understand at the end of the day, like you said, it's been, you know, a limited amount of passes, but we try to treat those passes like, you know, it's the last one we're going to get, um, you know, especially in the preseason, since it's so limited. So just kind of having that sense of urgency is something that we're, we're really trying to stress. Where do you feel like you took your largest leap between last week to this week? Yeah, um, you know, I think just communication-wise as a unit, um, you know, we did a couple of different things communication-wise, and I think for the most part we handled that well. Um, and, you know, that's not just me. That's a, that's that's with, with Bose and the entire O-line um, and then with the receivers, running backs too, just making sure we're on the same page. And, you know, I think, again, operationally we, we added a couple of things, and I think um, there's always room for improvement, but I think we handled that well. Um, so I think that's definitely one positive. There was one play on the 15-yard uh, pass to Mingo where it looked like you, you read the blitz very well. Uh, yeah, I mean that's just credit to to the coaches preparing us. Um, you know, we we had a it, we were kind of an in the in between type of week. Um, it wasn't a game plan week. Um, we didn't, you know, we didn't. You know, we we still ran stuff that was training camp stuff for us, but we watched a little stuff, um, you know, going up against a uh, defense coordinator like Wink. Obviously, you know, you, you want to go in there a little prepared. So we were kind of in the middle. Um, but still, even with that, um, you know, coach is doing a great job of, of talking through some things these these last couple of days, um, us getting the same page for that. So, you know, I'm just, just leaning on the coaches for that.
She said not a lot of preparation, specific preparation. What happened on that? Uh, yeah, um, you know, just you know, just just miscommunication, um, and you know, just I was. I think the first I was. I'm different. I was in a different spot than you know the pocket where you're you're assuming when you know you're I receive you know you're receiver your eyes. You know, they, they turn you, they think the ball is coming from the pocket. And, you know, I, it was so, um, you know, we're just trying to get on the same page. And, you know, really, it's kind of one of those weird things. I don't know how it looks on on, on camera or whatever, but, um, you know, it's people don't probably think about that as a receiver. When you look back in your, your back, you assume someone's in the in the pocket. And when they're not, it can take a second to to try to find the ball. So I think it was just just one of those. Um, and, you know, again, it, it, it might look different on, on camera. It may look but, you know, it's just, just one of those scenarios. It, it happens. Do you feel like you're ready for the regular season, or do you want to play in that third preseason game? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm gonna trust the coaches. Um, you know, whatever. You know, honestly, I, I don't really know how the whole. I don't. I don't know what the the procedure is. And again, I know coaches are different. So, um, you know, I, I I full you know wholeheartedly trust the coaches and whatever their decision is. Um, we haven't talked about or discussed anything, but whatever whatever uh, Coach Reich wants me to do and, and thinks is going to be best for for me and for the team. Um, you know that that's what I'm going to do. Bryce. Appreciate you guys. All right. That's Bryce Young, the Panthers uh, rookie quarterback after his second uh, preseason performance. And uh, the the team has not been good at this moment. I I will commend. And I know, look, I will mute you, Greg, if you could jump in too quick on this is, I mean, he says that's the answers you say, right? I mean, like, so I wish he would have said a touchdown answer. No, is um, look, is Bryce Young. Even he was asked a couple of things. He was asked about um, the mango moment, the mango moment where he let, you know, and he uh, was able to deflect, I think, any negativity away from mango. Right. Like you didn't even hear his. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Name, and I assume they're talking about the play where Mingo held up, right? He didn't even say it was a miscommunication. So that was like, uh, you know, he's looking out for his boys there. He talked about the coaching. We'll start with that as as the Carolina Panthers through two games, we have been talking about how they assembled a super squad of coaches this offseason. And right now, as that super squad of coaches has prepared this team, they have not been up to the challenge. How much of this falls on the coaches? And you don't even have to make a actually a maybe that's too direct of a question. Your thoughts on the Panthers' new coaching staff for Carolina and how they've prepped the team so far. Let's start with CK. I mean, it's, it doesn't look like they come out there prepared. You know, it's it, it feels as though the, the last week it's okay to chalk up what we saw to first game of the season, first time in the system together, first time actually having real contact like this. like. That's the first time to have that happen again the second week. Granted, there was some progress made. It wasn't enough to make you feel like these guys took a step, right? You, you, you still see a lot of the same issues. And 
and from from players that are supposed to be your star protectors or your star players on the team, right? Um, I don't know that I see the preparation. I really don't. Like, I just I can't visibly see anything. Cody, uh, we've yeah. heard a we've been excited about an offensive staff taking over for the Carolina Panthers. We've been um, excited about the potential of this team offensively in so many ways. And we've also heard that Frank Reich, as he said, I plan on calling the plays and having Thomas Brown, you know, ease him in over, I guess, his career at Carolina. And then Frank Reich has called the plays in the first half of both games. And as Jay Thomas in the chat says, the play calling, he says, in the second half was 1,000% better. As we talk about the coaches and we're hitting pa- panic button, at what point does Frank Reich step back and say the play calling Thomas Brown is going to take it over? Well, didn't, who did that? Was that you know? Didn't the guy from Philly do that? Well, I'm not. I'm not sure. But to kind of go and compare against what CK just said, we literally just listened to Bryce Young do nothing. Nothing comforted me more. Then what Bryce Young literally just said to everyone that's been listening just now, they didn't even prepare for the Giants' defense. He said they ran mostly training camp stuff. So it's like you're you're crazy to think that anything this offense has done with the starters, play calling wise, is going to look anything remotely like what we're going to do week one against Atlanta. Now, I said earlier, them deciding to do it that way puts very high expectations on that week one performance and what they do against Atlanta. But you're not going to tell me that our coaches aren't going to have specific game plans for the defenses that they're going to be facing Sunday in and Sunday out. That made me feel a little more comfortable. I'm more willing to pump the brakes a little bit. But yes, I will grant you, Thomas Brown's offensive play calling to this moment does look a little bit more dynamic than what Frank Reich is doing. And there's a reason why Sean McVay over there in Los Angeles did not want to lose Thomas Brown as a coach in that organization. Greg, without saying the words Bryce Young, what's wrong with this Panthers team? Um, over expectations of what we wanted. I think that we sold ourselves in something that we haven't been proven yet, to be truly honest with you. Uh, you know, you guys, I don't know. I may misquote you here. Did you guys just say that our play calling this whole game was a thousand times better than last no, game? They said the look, so the point that the that's why I'm asking. I'll make no, sure I get no. right. Yeah. Yeah. Is here to clarify what's going on is that for the last two the two games, at least in the yeah. first game, and we assume that's what happened in this this game as well. Frank Wright called the plays in the first half, okay. and in the second half, Thomas Brown called the plays. And people are looking to both weeks the play calling being more appropriate in those okay. situations. Now, I don't think that Frank Reich and the play calling has been poor. So, like, this is – and I want to talk a little bit about that preparation and if that is the proper preparation – I want to also give the listeners a little context for why I put the handcuffs on Greg about Bryce Young. And it has nothing to do with <laughs> Bryce Young's I got no play. I got no it has nothing today. to do with Bryce. Bryce but, but if people are jumping in this conversation right now and they heard me say, without saying Bryce Young, 
tell me what's wrong with this team. They would, and I would say, I would infer that that means that Bryce Young has been part of the real problem with this. But guys, we just had a three hour fight (laughs) on the internet <laughs> and Greg has got his G baby crocodile armor on. And, and I got just my will team not too. listen to him talk me. about Bryce yeah. Young at this moment. That's all I'm saying is I just will not have that be part of this discussion. What is wrong? And we will talk about Bryce. Don't worry. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. not like it's that. But what's wrong with this team? I think that that we overexpected what we were going to have this year based on the personnel we put on the field. Not just Bryce Young, but all the personnel we put on the field. I think that uh, we can, we're getting punched in the mouth because – once again, what I say all the time that people call me a fucking narcissist or whatever for, I don't give a shit for, Stop is that, that, that I know you didn't say it, but uh, it, is that you don't play in the preseason and in training camp like you do in the regular season. So if you think that what you're getting in the regular in the in the preseason and training camp is what you're going to get in the regular season, you're going to get punched in the fucking mouth. And we're getting punched in the mouth in the preseason, which means we way underexpected what this league was really like. We rate way under wait where over where where what, our what did we under was. what what did we well how about, add, the fact, how about the fact that we've given up almost thirty points a game for the last two games how about the fact that we scored put up six points in the last two weeks like we way overestimated our talent and way underestimated what the ta- what the guys we were playing would be that's our Chris, big issue right not now. only is not all of our defensive starters playing but the the fact that you refuse to take into account that the play calling and how we are calling the offense. It, but by admittance of Bryce Young and Frank Frank and Thomas Brown, out of three men's mouth, they have said that this is not the play calling that they're going to have week yeah, one, but- that they are holding it so that way Atlanta and New Orleans can take nothing away from what we're Dumbest doing. Dumbest shit I've ever you heard. Dumbest shit to, I've ever You have heard. to factor that in no. to this preseason Greg, performance. No, 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 no. Hold on, like real quick. One for one example of what the Panthers team is capable of doing right now. No, real quick. That's a that's a bullshit excuse. That is it's a not. bullshit excuse. You know why? Because seventy five percent of everybody's offense is the exact same goddamn thing. Oh, Everything. Seventy five percent of people's defense is the exact same thing. You have about twenty five percent of your plays on offensive defense that are different from other teams. And guess what? You think they're different, but they may be close to the same. Okay, because not everybody's the same. You can only do so many things, all right? I I do not buy that for one second. There is no reason whatsoever you come out there and set your rookie quarterback up to look like a fucking fool. He hasn't looked like a fool, Greg. That's that's an over-exaggeration, Greg. It's an over-exaggeration. It's an over-exaggeration. It's an over-exaggeration. You're you're telling me that a halfback dive is not in seven You can't say a fool. No, you can't say that. You just can't say that. It's impossible to say. He hasn't thrown an interception. He's had a positive passing percentage, and he hasn't looked overwhelmed as a rookie. So you can't, but you don't have to say, you don't have to be on his side, Greg. That's not what I'm saying. But to say that is 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 factually incorrect. So I will say this is going no, back. No, it's not to, factually it is. incorrect. Well, it's what, what I said, was it wasn't fool. factually correct. You said, what he, said he, he looked like, he looked like a damn fool. fool. That's, he's thrown for less. They no, he has just not a little over fat. fifty yards two games. Not all on him. A little over fifty yards. He has not looked back. I watched football. No, no. Why would you set your quarterback up to do that then? No, this is where I want to talk about this. If you have a quarterback that throws for less than fifty yards in two games, you look like a fool. No, why he doesn't look like a fool. But I want the same thing either. I'm not going to get into this. I will tell you this: is I want to talk about that play calling and the coaching. Um, 
to me, the play calling is a non-issue for me. It's not even an excuse. It's not a defense. It's nothing. I don't care if we're game planning, not game planning. We should look this the team individually, player for player, position group by position group, against the opponent has not looked good. And this, and while you said, while Frank Wright came out and said, look, and I, I think it is the right thing. You should not be preparing for the Giants. You should be preparing for yourselves in a way, because if you did allocate your time preparing for the Giants, you're preparing to win a meaningless game. Instead, you need to be preparing to develop the players you have on your team throughout the week. The problem is, and it's not even in the realm of the quarterback position, the problems on this team right now are systemic at the very least, or at least through two games they have been. Now, I don't want to say, what about the future? What about this? What about this? I want to talk about what we have seen from the Carolina Panthers to this point. And right now, I think there are some real concerns on an overall global level. It's like just this is I don't need the Panthers to go to and no. I don't need the Panthers to win a preseason game. I don't need them to do anything. What I haven't seen them do is do much that or anything that's been impressive. Cody, how do the Carolina Panthers improve? You have to run the football better. It's that simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Run the football better. They even asked Frank Wright during his press conference, you know, the, with the lack of rushing attack, what does he attribute that to? He said he needs to look at the tape, which I'm not going to lie. Sounds a little bit like he shall not be named, but I'll move along. But the fact that we're not getting consistent push running the football, to me, it, again, that's something that's not necessarily on play calling. That's more on your boys up front. So that, to me, is a legitimate criticism right now of the offensive line. They are not getting consistent push running the football. Now, that being said, uh, later on in the game, uh, Raheem Blackshear really did start to turn it on and gave our team something of a boost running the football that I think that we were missing out on earlier. Again, that's also remembering there is no Miles Sanders. We only saw Truba Hubbard. Uh, we saw a little bit of number 41, whose name escapes me right now. I'm Spencer sure Brown. That, Yeah, Spencer Brown. They wanted to get him involved a little bit more. So, again, man, up, you know, to uh, shout out Pat Coltrane, it's just camp. It's just preseason. Well, it is. We're not playing a lot of our starters. There was no Miles Sanders, um, but we have to be better running the football. And if you do that, then that's going to open up your downfield passing attack, which it seemed as, as though Bryce really wanted to do as Brat Daddy slams him. But you know what? Bryce probably agrees more with Greg than any of the three with us. I'm sure he demands. I'm sure that he, but listen, but that's why I'm not down and out on him yet. I'm sure Bryce is the type of player that constantly demands more of himself. And I'm sure he wanted more of himself. Uh, However, I want to see him do that with a better offensive game plan and knowing that he's going to play one full game of Panther football before I start saying that he is not living up to our expectations. Okay, and I get that, but two questions. One, Tony, you just said, like you literally just said, you've not seen anything impressive this offseason. So how can you possibly say 
that Bryce Young has proven to you that he's going to uh, be a guy? Well, you know First what? Question. I will. Let me answer it. Let's just All do right. one question at a time. Yeah. Is I would say that I, as someone who d- knows very – who doesn't follow college football as close as a lot of our listeners do, and a lot of people even on this panel, as well as a lot of people in the chat, um, I – have been covering this podcast and this team and the NFL draft for almost 10 years, about 10 years now. This is my ninth draft. And I have become resilient to just going all in on players and falling in. I'm trying to not fall in love with players before. So, you know, to be honest, I'm not an Alabama fan. I didn't watch a lot of Bryce Young. And, uh, you know, I had some things about, like, I didn't really try to make a lot of prejudgments. But I would tell you this as – a rookie quarterback who has been undersized, who has comes in with that size and those questions, I think that the things I've I have seen from him have not been problematic. I don't feel like he's an inaccurate passer. I don't feel like he doesn't know how to run the huddle. I don't feel like I feel like, you know what, to be honest, I'm heartened by the direction at the quarterback position. Now, uh, does that mean that overnight this team is going to win a Super Bowl? Not by any stretch, but right now I am disheartened by everything on the, not everything, but by a lot of things not named Bryce. That's what I'm saying is here is that I don't care about any of that. And I think that is picking, that is like a, it's an unnecessary conversation to even have at this point. My question or what I'm just disheartened about is just, I thought this team would be, and this is a guy who, by the way, who said I'd be okay with a seven and 10 season. Like I could see a positive silver lining in a seven and 10 season. And, uh, you know, like I wasn't the person that told you that we need to go in and be significantly above 500. I just thought this team would look better than this. And that's what I'm saying on a, on a holistic level. I thought that I thought the real concerns would be on the deep. I just don't right now have a lot of, Right now, how I mean, I'm not saying we're not going to win anything, but boy, this team is just getting bullied, bullied and bullied. And to me, the story is not the quarterbacks, not the wide receivers, not even the corners. It's the trenches at this point. It's like just not winning the line of scrimmage. And I don't care who you are. You cannot consistently lose the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball in the same game and win. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Let, let, let hey, uh, real, quick. My, my, Wait, okay. real quick, I wanted to shout out Jay Thomas uh, with the 499 Love Bomb. He says, uh, I say by week four, if we don't catch momentum, I'll start to panic. And that's why uh, I said week, w- week four. Yeah. What week would each of you draw the line at? I'll be very quick. I have said multiple times throughout the years on this podcast that I don't believe the good teams actually separate themselves from the bunch yeah. until until after week six of the NFL season. And, they, so and, for, that, and that was before they added a game. So maybe even week six, week seven uh, is if we're still looking terrible through that point in the season, yeah, they could theoretically turn it around at that point. But if we're not seeing any progress through six weeks, and that would be a brutal uh, two and a half month run right there or damn near two months. You know, that's that's going to be a tough pill for everyone to swallow. Well, let me ask my second question here. And this is a question for all the panel right here. And and, and this, I want you to really sit down and think about this, okay? So if, because if, I say week four, I'm giving you all to week four. I need to see something from Bryce that makes me feel like he's the guy of the future between now and week four, okay? 
I don't feel like that's a, that's a short window. I feel like that's a good for drafting the number one quarterback, the guys we traded for him to get. I think that's a reasonable request. Week four, I need to see something that shows me he's there. Now, if you were in the same position, okay, and, and I, I was talking about this in the previous show, and people are going to hate me for it, but I don't care. Baker Mayfield had the same fucking college season that Bryce Young did in his best year, okay? So if Bryce Young can't put up with the same offensive line and a better wide receiving core, the numbers that Bryce Young, that, that Baker Mayfield did last year, what do we say then? Are we this, saying he's a bust? It's an irrelevant conversation to have, Greg. It's not irrelevant. It's, it it's not is. irrelevant. It's, it's only irrelevant you don't want to talk about buts. it. It's not irrelevant. It's two if and buts. Yeah, about, to like, it's too far oh down God, the okay. road to think okay. about I'll that. I'll talk to you all week four then because that, that's because if I can't bring up similar comparisons to show why this could be wrong and y'all are going to downplay it like it's nothing, then I have no argument. Well, it's also not Because y'all are just going to ignore everything in the past and it's only look not for the, the future. Same but you also ignore everything in the past, the too, right, Greg? I'm not ignoring everything in the past. I'm really? What about Peyton Manning? His first, his first Peyton year, in the first year was garbage. Exactly. <laughs> so you so can't even Baker use Mayfield everything better. this year and be able to utilize that as a reason to And these are things that, that these are just what ifs. They're too it's too hypothetical. Let's talk about what we've seen to this point. The number's 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Uh I right, look is that let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. Um the Panthers moved the ball a little bit better on offense so we couldn't just always say um that it was just the defense being tired. But the first drive, the Giants, hey, on a very rested defense because it was the first drive of the game, came down and marched right down. And Daniel Jones and the Giants offense looked smooth, uh, but the Panthers looked like they were playing with uh, without some players, but no excuses necessary because the Panthers didn't do anything on defense. It was difficult there. How did the Carolina Panthers get defensively and this is the place that I was concerned about as a team went into a new scheme. Cody, we have people say there's no pass rush. There's no pass rush. But at the same time, the Giants game plan was very quick, sharp, executed in a way that is like how what if teams can die, cut kill us with a thousand cuts, death by a thousand cuts. How do we take advantage when Justin Houston, Brian Burns and those guys are in the game? Well, you're hoping that their presence does speed things up and that they're getting more of a consistent pass rush when you do add a veteran like Justin Houston and with our best pass rusher in the form of Brian Burns playing in a position that most fans feel like he's needed to play for a while. My concern with this defense, and it's something that really isn't a surprise, it's that middle level of the defense where our linebacking core is. I think, you know, again, it's just preseason, but Shaq Thompson at times uh, has looked terrible in coverage. He let uh, two big passes to Darren Waller today from Daniel Jones. And, you know, I am worried about, you know, you just said death by a thousand cuts. Well, that's how you would do it, man. That dinking and dunking into the intermediate range of the Panthers defense, that has the tendency to be a problem. Also, if you're not stopping the run, on a consistent basis. There were far too many times this week and last week where running backs were able to bounce to the outside and pick up more yards after contact. Also, I don't find that the tackling 
has been great on defense, other than a few players like Eric Rowe and Von Bell. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not having no Eric Rowe compliments on this show after they threw that big damn bomb of a touchdown where the guy – He just looked like like, he was slow as molasses. What what happened? Oh, my God. I'm just saying in general, a few players have looked all right tackling, but there have been a bunch of other players that, I mean, they're not wrapping up and performing those form tackles like they should be, and that's also a problem. But the defense more than the offense, I'm choosing to um, hold off all my hot takes on because I do feel that the added presence of Brian Burns uh, and Justin Houston is going to do a lot for our defense. Uh, I am worried, however, that Dante Jackson limped off the field with another right ankle Injury, man. I mean, his his question his entire year has been, could he hold up for an entire NFL season after being injured year after year after year? And right now, it's not looking so great for him being injured in only the second preseason game. Another lower body injury at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's concerning, especially given, you know, that this is also coming off of an off season where JC Horn hurt his own ankle. Um, it's, it's, it's some concerning news to have that come out because this dude is like made out of paper mache or something below the waist. bro. This dude just has so many injuries with his feet, his ankles, his Achilles. I, I am, I'm hoping that it's not serious because obviously we cannot afford to lose him. We don't have the depth to fill in that position at a high level. Um, So that's going to be unfortunate, but yeah, it certainly doesn't help the narrative. I think the thing that, uh, and Cody, go ahead and queue up the cat calls after I get done with this. Mm -hmm. The number is two, five, two, 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 eight, 50, 98. I think the concerning part about the defense for me is look, we, um, we understood. I've been telling you, I don't know what to think about a four, this three, four defense. I've never followed a Panthers team that implemented that. That wasn't just uh, as, what Ron Rivera did on the fly that time. Um, I've only played again or seen the Panthers play against them. But what I've seen from this team so far is, is that I see a defense that really the, the scary part about it is, is how important Brian Burns will be to this defense is going to be, it's a single player that this is like our entire defensive season. If it can be just okay. Like I'm not even saying it's going to be good. But without Brian Burns, this defense can't be good, I don't think. Like, I don't think it has the the anything that can overcome that. And that is, um, boy, boy, you want to talk about uh, Brian Burns. Man, man, this guy could just go ahead and park the Brinks truck at David Tepper's house. And, man, because this team, the entire defensive unit is built on it hinges. Any success they have hinges on him more so than J.C. Horn, more so than any middle linebacker, more so than any safety. Safety We could weather missing Dante Jackson. If Brian Burns sat out the entire season or was injured, yeah. the Carolina Panthers could be the worst defense in the NFL. Now, let's go to the cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's rock. And, Tony, uh, we're, uh, we're definitely going to do it. I wanted to pay back one thing off what you said. We don't even realize how cool it is that Brian Burns has decided to not hold out like Nick like, Bosa. Like, like, like Nick Bosa is doing right now, has been there the entire training camp 
and is still being a vocal leader of this team, even though he is hands down right now the most important Carolina Panther player on the roster. He's the most proven. He is going to be the highest paid. Like the fact that he hasn't chosen the whole out to me, that speaks a lot on him. Uh, let's go into the cat calls. Two five. All right, uh, uh, Tony. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Let's do these cat calls. So, what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty. Sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good, like. <laughs> What's up, C3? It's Anthony from Charlotte. I know What's I've up, been man? talking about for like the past two and a half hours, but just wanted to call in and get my final thoughts. Um, you know, not much to say, man. Just, just embarrassing. I know it's just preseason, but man, this offensive line needs that needs to hold up. I know everyone's saying, well, you know, it's just preseason. It's just preseason, but I don't know if. Coaching is going to get these offensive linemen to stop getting their ass on the train. That he needs to be the left guard and Brady needs to be the tackle. Like I know they want big maulers at tackles, but if you can't, if you're not nimble enough to move and block, then what's the point of a big ass mauler? Just take the guy like Brady Christensen, who specializes in pass protection, and Ike who specializes in run blocking. So there's that. Uh, I know Greg's not going to agree with this, but I thought Bryce Young played fine. I mean, there were a couple, you know, I mean, the Mingo throw, it looked like Mingo stopped running. Um, He's just not getting enough opportunity, man. The, the whole team is just playing out of sync, and they just seem to not be, you know, doing anything crazy. It's just very, very vanilla. And what I noticed is that, it's like the second half when Thomas Brown is calling all these plays for Matt Corral. He's actually like opening his side of the playbook up for Matt Corral. Like you see him running a lot of. Oh, did they cut him off? Oh, Matt Corral's right, playing right. fine, but but it's like maybe if like we were running these plays for Bryce Young, more stuff could get open. I mean, he hasn't turned the ball over. I know his stats don't look good. But he really isn't getting enough opportunity. It's a team sport. I still obviously believe in my boy Bryce Young. I just think that in preseason when your offensive line isn't holding up and you can't run the ball and you're just expecting a rookie to drive down the field at ease versus first string, it's going to be hard. He's obviously going to get more opportunities when he's a starter. But I'd like to see more receivers get open. I'd like to see the offensive line actually block and run block. I don't think we, when Bryce Young's been in the game, we've broken off a run more than five yards. So it's like we haven't broken off the pass more than ten yards. Like so. team sport, but that those are all my thoughts. And Scott Fitter, last thing, you're on the hot seat in my opinion. That's not even he's true, Charlotte. He motherfucking. You're right. He had one pass more than ten yards. What am I saying? Greg, you got to stop just being upset. Like you're just upset. Because you, no, you gotta not. be now. Like we don't even have to talk about that part. What we do need to talk about is Icky 
at left tackle in his play. We'll start with this more, something more specific when it comes to the offensive line. Um, two games into his second season, and Iki Aquanu is experiencing a sophomore slump, it appears. Last week, beaten. This week, mentally beaten. Mistakes. The t- the Today, I will say this, and I don't. I am not with you guys. Just I think that you guys who are like uh, T Thompson in the chat in the chat who says moving Icky to left guard, but uh, because and Bryce Brady Christensen to left tackle will help both the run and the pass games. I think there's a merit to that position. I think there is merit to what Cody has said about how good these guys could be potentially if they were in different positions, but that's just not the case at this point. And it's probably, and I think uh, uh, unable to do it this late at this moment. So Icky's I'm not crazy at this point to that. I'm not ready for that just yet because tonight's mistakes by Aquanu appear more mental than physical. He either was worried from last week when he got beat on the stunt or you saw this is that he just made the wrong decision tonight. It wasn't that he wasn't fast enough, strong enough, or whatever it may be. So how do the Carolina Panthers, is there a way that the Carolina Panthers, can they deal with Icky not being the left tackle? Like how would that even, like how could that, would that actually make the Panthers better? Is that a realistic option? And if you asked Frank Reich, how would you ask him? I think I would say something to the effect of, if Aquanu was to go down or performed poorly and it was to, and it was necessary to make a change, who would be that person? Yeah, well, I mean, I would ask it like this to get more to the point. I would say if Kim Aquanu continued to struggle at left tackle as he has in the past two games, would there ever be any consideration uh, in swapping Brady Christensen and in Kim Aquanu in their positions. That's how I would ask. But yeah, by the way, man. I just I just asked a poll, or I just put up a poll to the YouTube chat. Uh, do you trust in Kim Aquanu as our left tackle long term? So go ahead and vote on that. Have your voice heard. Tony, I've said this for a long time. Uh, Brady Christensen is one of the most athletic left tackle prospects to ever come out of the draft. You don't have to believe me on that. Go back and look at his RAS numbers and what people said about him in the draft. Now, you might say, oh, he was a third-round pick, and that was primarily because he didn't play a lot of great competition at BYU, and they said he had the T-Rex arms, which is not ideal to play the tackle position. However, there has not been a time thus far through his NFL season that he has had to play tackle and looked utterly out of place and out of sorts playing the position. More importantly, most people think that Brady is not strong enough at the point of attack to play left guard. And pretty much everyone unanimously agrees that Akima Kwanu has that nasty play strength, that mean physicality that would translate day one right to a, a, a Pro Bowl guard, in my opinion. I know a lot of people think I'm insane with this, People think that Anthony and Kevin are insane. It is not insane to me. I don't know if the Panthers would ever really do that, Tony, if they would ever entertain swapping those two players. But, hey, man, maybe I'm insane, but I I would have already done so. Yeah, I don't think it's realistic at this point. 
you know, is whether it is or isn't true or could be true. I don't think it can be true this season unless it was due to injury. I mean, I don't see, and I, I think again, it's too small of a sample set. I'm fine with Icky. I would argue that the offensive line in many ways, uh, Look marginally better than last week, maybe margin. No, you know, a little, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know how to say uh, CK as we, I want you to think about this because we're not going to let Greg argue with JJ on this. Uh, <laughs> think about this as I play this call is where did you see any improvement or did you see any improvement on this team from week one to week two? Here's JJ. What's up, C3? It's JJ calling in real quick. I'm going to make this just short, sweet, and simple. Greg, get off my quarterback's balls. All right? It is just a well, preseason. Let your quarterback do something worth getting off his balls, and I'll do it. To, to just completely hop off. Get off. All right? Let him prove himself. You said till week four. Mm-hmm. This shouldn't be a reoccurring theme that you always trying to Harp him or all this other bullshit. Nah. Okay. Always saying some outrageous stuff. Where did this team look better? We'll start with Greg then. Where did this team look better from week one to week two? Or did well, there was there any place that this team as a team looked better from last Saturday? I would say our defense looked better only simply because they allowed less points. Okay. So by that simple fact right there, the defense must have looked better. So I will say that. See, I don't think Bra- I don't think any of the players looked any better. To be honest with you, our offense looked no better. We put up next to nothing until there were no player until there were third and fourth string players in there playing. We put next no- nothing up. So our defense looked better. That's about it, and not much better, but a little better. Our third string offense. Okay. I mean, I really, I technically, our offense looked better. We scored three. If it's just points, then we scored three points more in the first string offense. Yeah, but my point being is, like, even if you <laughs> no. look at that, if you who's look the at guy that, that threw the touchdown or, or threw the big play? Luke was it Lutton. even uh, J- Jake Luton? Luton Who the hell is that? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's the guy, guy that, that we signed right before the uh, training. Back together started. Sunday yeah, or Saturday, yeah. Um. You know what? Just because Greg is on one tonight, Tony, I am not going to be scared away from talking about Bryce Young. And in fact, my answer is Bryce Young in spite of Greg. And the reason why is I think what was on display with Bryce tonight, and this is what people that were afraid of him being undersized kind of failed to factor in. This dude is elusive. There were a couple plays tonight in which Bryce Young was able to make someone miss like a clown car, man, like just like like a circus act. No one was able to get their hands on him. He was able to keep his eyes upfield and, and maneuver around that pocket, man. Once these receivers basically understand the art of the scramble drill, and once they know that, hey, if your quarterback is running around back there, you need to adjust your route to get open to give him something downfield. Once our receivers do that, our ability to make plays happen from the outside of the pocket, to me, that says that we have the potential to do a lot of nice things on offense this year. And I do want to credit Bryce for that elusiveness that he does have. And I did see more from him this performance 
than the last one. So I'm going to say Bryce in spite of the Lord Bat Daddy and his red lightsaber. Well, he right. did have like he did have like ten more yards this game. So yeah, right. he did do yeah, better. So here is the thing: right. is I I don't care right about direction. any of the numbers. I don't care about what if it could have been or would have been. I watched I watched a player who's played his second game in the NFL, who the Carolina Panthers have invested their future in, right? And that is Bryce Young. And I would say that I all the things, the reasons that we were told that he would be drafted and should be drafted. I've seen a lot of those to this point. I've seen him with good decision-making. I've seen him at the very minimum, not make poor decisions in bad circumstances. Right. Is that, I mean, if you look at this is that while I am a fan, I think Anthony Richardson has looked very good in this off season. I was high on him. Anyway, I was excited about that. I have a type. He's falls into that type. I saw him make his very first play of his first NFL preseason game be a pick, and it was poor mechanics. There was a lot of things, but you know what? I wouldn't even hang up on him at this. I don't even. I would, I am one of the few people that said he had a good free, preseason debut in so many ways. But under pressure, Bryce Young hasn't. He hasn't fumbled the ball. He hasn't thrown picks. He hasn't made poor decisions. Yeah. And as and certainly, could we want the whole team and we want the points to look better and this and that? I have no concerns. Zero. I have zero concerns about Bryce Young as the Panthers right now. There are no red flags for me. There are no red flags. Now, at the same time, there are a lot of red flags about this team and as a whole that continue to be hard to ignore. You know, and that's yeah. the thing is, is whether or not it's the preseason. It's just the preseason. I, you know, it's like, look, is we're going to cheer for this team. We're going to do the post game every game after this, probably. And what we're really realizing is that this team, our hopes, uh, our expectations. We this is we were on cloud nine. They were too high. We felt like the Tampa Bay Bucks did for the last ten years before they got Tom Brady. They were always hype in in May, June, and July, and then they were never hype during the season. So I hope that that's not what we fall prey to. JJ, who's on the phone, net, uh, who just was on the phone, I thought made a good point in the Friday free-for-all is that we look like a team that retooled every single thing in one offseason. And you retooled the coaching staff, you retooled the roster, you retooled the schemes, you retooled everything, right? There is very little, if anything, that is the same from last year on this team, even the players who were on this team, you can't even say, look, we don't even Jeremy Chin ain't doing the same thing. You know, none of this. So it's not, there are some bumps in the road and we can expect that the problem that I'm is, is this is just sad to me is that this, that of the, with the players that we have, that we're not just a little bit better um, at that point, And we haven't performed right. better. I'm not ready to throw out the season. I'm not ready to do any of that. It's just yeah. like, dang, is like, imagine if you had a scrimmage game and your kid, you were your kid's coach of your kid's scrimmage game. Do you really want to get blown? I felt like this, this team, they want, they wanted to win. They wanted to look better in this game and they didn't. And that's concerning. Frank Wright throughout the week has looked concerned about the state of the offensive line. When they asked him about the injuries, right? You got Cade Mays who was hurt. So I think these guys are trying to figure it out 
and they're running into injury and problems and this and that. I don't think Frank Reich looks very happy about today's performance. And what should he be? No, he shouldn't. There, I but, think, is authentic and genuine concern about the current pre preparedness of this team. Yeah, but Tony, again, I have a problem with that, too. I mean, like I said to Greg earlier, we have now heard from three people, and Bryce Young said explicitly in his press conference that they did no specific preparation for the Giants' defense. No, but now, I mean like preparedness right. of technique, a preparedness of mind, not uh, prepared schematically against your opponent. I mean this is that if you you just didn't look as polished on your own end as you should have. Right. Yeah, and, and that's... Cody, 75% that, of your plays, like I said, are the same for every damn team. So if you're in the preseason, you don't need to prep for a team. You could run 75% of your plays outs, post routes, everything. You can run 75% of your plays and be the exact same as every team and not show anything. That is a bullshit excuse to me. From a coach. I mean, it's really it's not. I, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's really not, though. I mean, if you're, it, again, you're considering a vanilla offense and a vanilla defense, but you're also talking about what, what goes into an offensive meeting when they are making up the game plan of attack before they go into the game. Part of their technique depends on the plays that they intend to be running. They are preparing for those specific game plan plays. They didn't do any of that last week or this week. So again, like we that's overcomplicating it to me though. That's over. And I don't think this is poor. Like at this point, what you're saying is, and I agree with you in some ways is like right now it's hard to evaluate the coaching from one component and that in that angle, that component is their preparation and what they can give you from a week to week basis. But right now the concerns are, this is have we come out of this camp as strong with the group of guys, no matter how deficient they are in talent or problems and obstacle right now, the Panthers, they're going to have, they have a ton of improving to do. And it's not just in one place. It's not just one place. CK, if there is one place they need to improve most, I don't know if it, it's so hard for me to pick it out at this point. I thought last right. week it was so easy just to say the offensive line, just the offensive line. I just don't know how on either side. What 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 do you think is the most? I mean, it's, it's got to just be the trenches. Maybe it's just trenches on both sides. I mean, I think trenches are, are one thing, but honestly, I, I think we're giving our – our secondary a bit of a break by saying that like the secondary wasn't it wasn't that the trenches weren't getting pressure they weren't but that's also because they were getting the ball out extremely fast right in that first drive with daniel jones right so i i don't even i, I almost want to put the secondary on blast here because it did feel like they were just letting like they weren't really giving any type of a break whatsoever to the or getting real the soft, soft yeah. coverage. Everything they, is they were zone. They were zone pretty yeah. much every single play. And that's where I think, you know, Greg, I understand your point, but I also believe that you might be a bit wrong on this too, because the, every team agrees that they do vanilla things in the preseason, right? There's, there are things that they do that like are 75% of your playbook. It's right. not though. It's everybody, you, has. You, there's, yeah, everybody there's, has the same 75% of plays. 
Everybody they does. have a similar set the of plays, but the, the blocking scheme and actually everything else, like if you look at what goes into play making is not the same thing, Greg. It's the if exact you, well, I think that, that we could say this. I'm we sorry. could agree. 75% of plays are the exact same thing. What if we like just agree on this? Is that or something, you know? We're, 85% of all stats are made up. Or, no, we could just say this is at the very end of the day, the Giants aren't prepared for us. Right. If that's the case. And here, I do want to highlight uh, Ty Lamar's comment. I like this a lot. He says, what happens when we throw in game plan week one and we aren't ready because we haven't been implementing the necessary fundamentals in the preseason? And I thought kind of about this when it came to what you're going to, what are you trying to accomplish? And this is a very difficult question is what is the goal of the preseason truly to accomplish and to learn? Because in one hand, Cody, I think in so many ways, and we are of that same cloth, is is like, I don't even want to start my starters because I don't want the season ruined by injury for something like, so I can see how that is a valuable thing. On the other hand, you can also see how people value, it's valuable to get the rust off, get the kinks out, get, hey, look, it's like, it's not like it's clicking right now either, right? So, I mean, like, is that, that could help you become a stronger team. When Frank Wright said we didn't prepare for them at first, I was like, huh, are we wasting an opportunity as a team and a coaching staff to practice game preparation? Right. Like I was like, but on the other hand, is that if you did prepare and spent that time with your starters and with the, you are allocating all your coaching attention to the players who probably least need it at that moment or at this point of the season. So right now I want to ask you in, in light of his comment, what do the Panthers really want to learn in this preseason, regardless of the outcomes? I mean, we all want it to look better. We all want the Panthers smoking everybody. We want Bryce Young throwing four touchdowns. We want guys sacking everywhere. Hey, I think we got to give some kudos to Amari Barno. But what is the goal of this new coaching staff or not the goal in general? Maybe that's too philosophical. What do you want them to learn or do in the next week before we play? Who do we finish with? Uh, the Lions. And don't we always, what happened to playing the Steelers every year? I guess we don't uh, do that anymore. Or the, Patriots. the Patriots every year, yeah. too. So what does this team, what do they want to do, learn, and accomplish? We'll take one more call after you quickly, all three of or anybody who wants to answer that. We don't have to do it. Um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll go real quick. I'll just say tackling form, uh, tackle, wrap up. There is no reason for a running back to be hit by one of our linebackers or one of our safeties only for their running back to bounce off them and get more yards after contact wrap them up the first time you hit them. That's fundamental football. And whenever we don't play fundamental football, nothing pisses me off more, man. All right. The number is 252-228-5098. I like what Jay's Thomas said. Isn't it the most important part of the preseason? Finding out who you're cutting, who you're keeping, who is on the bubble. The problem is the bubble looks really big at this point. I would never play any of my – I don't care how much fans bitched and moan. I would never play the starters. I would use all four of those quarters to determine my depth going into the season so that my coaches and, and front office can make the proper evaluation and we're also not putting our player in harm's way. That's what I would I would do. almost hire an entirely secondary staff to just take the uh, – 
the starters off and do like work paper workshops with them. And then you only work with all the other people yeah. and you kind of come and supervise it. Let's go to the next goal. What's up, C3? It's, uh, it's Levi, a.k.a. Riley Panther, calling in tonight. Um, man, I, I got a good laugh out of Tony's comment about Brian Burns backing up the Brinks truck. Because you're right, man. I mean, he's he's played his, his cards perfectly up until this point. Um, you know, he's he's shut up the practices and been a leader and uh, hasn't made a fuss about it. But, I mean, he's... He's obviously shown that he's got all the leverage in the situation, and uh, you know he's he's about to sign big for sure. But I think the silver lining in it, um, even after uh, the weak performance without him tonight, is that I think he he and Derek Brown are uniquely players that kind of elevate the the people around him. I mean, you know they they, they carry a lot of responsibility being the you know the star players there, but I think that they their play will elevate and amplify the players around them. So what you guys think on that? Uh, thanks for, uh, for everything you guys do, man. See you. Appreciate it, brother. Great point about how your star players make other players great around you, right? So we are seeing um, a – we're making a meal without the best ingredients. We're saving back the filet mignon. We're holding back these things at this point, right? We're practicing cooking at this at this point. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm not ready to say that the defensive front is entirely the uh, like problematic at this point. We saw some good things out of Amari Bar- Barno. Two is consecutive plays. Well, let's talk about that for a moment. Two great plays, I thought. And none of them are going to be recorded as good plays. The first play, Amari Barno zings past the, le- the left tackle, tackles the quarterback, and as he goes to sling him, kind of sling or tackle him, the quarterback's knee bare, doesn't touch the ground. And then he gets up and runs. And to me, this is a problem because you are creating a culture where he can't tackle. Now he's also given up play. CK, you said they should have blown that play dead. I agree. Yeah, I mean, if if that if he's not able to just level that quarterback – and he's just trying to get him like softly to the ground. Like that dude was dead. Like he was, he, that play was done. Like, like that was, he let go of him. In the, in the practices, you know, when yeah. they, when we saw Quentin Williams or whatever, get 10 sacks and he would do this, they called sack at that point, that guy, he, if he wanted to, he could have killed him. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, uh, that's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, a uh, the, the double-edged sword that's what sucks about being a defensive player nowadays is like it's it's so much because i mean the way the game is is that they want these high-powered offenses which makes sense i think we all agree that the the game is better when you have offenses that are um at a play at a high level it's just it's one of those things where that could be the defining moment of a game and because that defensive player has has got an unfair disadvantage that that could be the difference between a game going your way or not, um, which I find to be interesting. The following play, he was called for a late hit on the quarterback. Exactly. Right. And it was the most BS, by the way. Like, I, they played that back, and it was – he didn't hit his head. He didn't go with lead with his helmet. Like, it was the most ridiculous penalty. He's that was damned the if he does, damned if he doesn't oh, in that it's, case. But that's a it, prime example. Cody, uh, Mari Barno, uh, I think, has been memorable – through two games 
right? Um, I first thing the first my one of my favorite players on this defense is Frankie Louvu. Um, and he makes some big like like plays that I remember that are emotional that you know hard hit like the ones you get up and you're like yeah yeah. But he's also made two mistakes each uh, a mistake in each game too this week. One last week there was one on a run play out to the, not a, a dump off pass that I think the coverage would have gone to him. Some people were saying he was part of the problem on that touchdown where CJ Henderson looked like an idiot or whatever, and it, that it wasn't. Either way, while Frankie Louvu has made some memorable plays, he's also made some memorable mistakes. Amari Barno. He's been the only guy that's gotten to the quarterback on this defense. And you got to say, you know who hasn't been memorable? YGM. YGM, but also uh, White Chocolate even donated to say this. And I've seen other people say this too. DJ Johnson has been our second best rookie. Are we watching the same game? Like, am he I made the only... a good play behind the line of scrimmage, I think, last week uh, down at the goal line. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I'm doing too much with the podcast and, like, missing some of it. But I feel like I haven't seen much of DJ Johnson at all. But to your point, Tony, yeah, I've been very impressed with Amari Barno. And people forget that he had two sacks last year at the end of the season. Like, the guy is one of the fastest uh, defensive end outside linebacker prospects to ever run the 40 time at the combine. I think he ran like a high four, three. The dude has that upper end athleticism that really is perfect for a three, four outside linebacker. Um, um, I even like his number. Isn't it number 91, like 90 or 91? 90, 90. Yeah, 90. Hey, that's a great number. number. That's a great number. I would, I would not mind that at all. If uh, Brian Burns and Omari Barno, ended up being a nice little one-two punch at outside linebacker. Man, the Panthers, um, I'll tell you this, is I hope that this this has been a tough uh, start for the Carolina Panthers and for me as in, in the year of 20C3. Uh, not too good kickoffs when it comes to the preseason, when it comes to excitement level and optimism going forward. I do feel optimistic about our little young our little tiny quarterback, because he has, I think, displayed a lot of things that I uh, was hoping to see and uh, a lot of things that I was worried to see have it happen. So I'm good about that. The number's 252-228-5098. Let's go to Joey, the Blind Panther. Hey, guys. It's the girl that makes them howl, a.k.a. Joey, the Blind Panther. Didn't know y'all were having a post game because you didn't have one last week. Uh, so, uh, didn't know y'all were having one, and I saw y'all were having one, and y'all were already the cat calls. I hope y'all get to mine, but I'm happy we didn't look like shit all game. No. I mean, the first half was kind of bad, and we was kind of more of the same. Our offensive line was getting worked early on. Uh, Bryce Young was just dinking and dunking, which, you know, I understand, you know. You're not going to get Bryce Young hurt in the damn preseason. I was not getting him hurt. Played like a baller today in the preseason. Okay? Got us in, 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 
you know, it was 21-19. It could have been 21-3. to We could have been talking about another beatdown. <sighs> yeah, what a fucking day. I'm tired of shit. But, um, yeah, I think we did great. I think we got what we wanted out of this game, which is progress. Yeah, you can't complain about that. Anyway, guys. There it is. Um, let me see. I got some, uh, what is today? No, that's from July. Let's see. Somebody text me. Is today, what is today? No, this is older. Some people are tech. I'm seeing text. Uh, that's uh, number is two five two 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 eight fifty nine. That's the last call we got in the hole right now. So if you want to get in, you better get in now because, um, really, I don't know how much more we're gonna flog this horse tonight. At this point, I didn't see. Did Hayden Hurst uh, have a false start tonight? Was that two he weeks ago? He had a false start. He, he also did had on a third down. He also had that pass uh, called uh, back because of the uh, holding. Yeah, you know, you put that. I mean, I know these are all ifs, woulds, shoulds, could'ves, but like, uh, you know, that holding call doesn't hap- happen there. You're in, you know, striking distance, and that changes a lot of things about how the defense, if they get more time, if you get points on the board. So these are all ifs, buts, and what's. Um, I think. Right now, the question to continues to go back is, are the horses we have in the stable strong enough horses to really run down the stretch? And right now, and, and I know every team in the league faces this, is that your entire season is so dependent on the healthiness of their starting group of people that are so important. But the fact of the matter is, is that NFL seasons that incur injury. And every season every team who does well either um, is has like one of those years where they ever, it just seems like everybody stays healthy like the Carolina Panthers were in 2015 for the most part, right? Right down to the wire. It felt like maybe one injury that brought in somebody that was actually better in Jared Allen. Um, But that also the teams that you're going to face that no matter what. And so it is finding ways to overcome those challenges and those adversities and right now, look, none of these games matter and the score, but what they do matter is what they tell us about the Carolina Panthers. And right now, what we talked about is there was a real concern on this offensive line because not only are you sitting, are people sitting here talking about should Icky be guard or left tackle, blah, 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 which I think is, again, you know, like a little too late and too far at the same time for this team is that where there's a real issue when it comes to, the depth of this offensive line, because if Icky doesn't work out, if Bryce does, uh, Brady Christensen doesn't play well, if Bozeman doesn't play well, we already got this giant hole at right guard that's very difficult to fill at this point. I th- you know, uh, how? It, let's talk about Savala. Did he, I, you know, what is he did have a penalty. He was, I think he was the hold. Was he the hold on the Hayden Hurst play? Um, Zavala was the hold on that. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, first look, that's first game experience for that rookie who is a, what, fourth round pick, fifth, sixth, somewhere in there. Arguably, I would say other than that is I can't remember him just looking out of his league. So maybe yeah, that's I'm, a good thing is Zavala came to play. 
Yeah, we didn't see. Uh, we didn't see. Uh, I don't think our offensive line took a step backwards. You know, which I think is a positive. Um, I think it took a step forward. I think that it wasn't a massive one. Um, so there's still hope to be uh, guarded from that. So yeah, I mean, I think Zavala stepping in there could be a piece to why this uh, might be solidified. And even that Icky play, like, I mean, I know we're we're shitting on Icky between his production from last month and or last week and this week, but like a lot of the things that are happening with him are going to be fixable. Like I those agree. are, I those agree are with that one hundred. Yeah, those are fixable. I again, I um, I'm not panicking on uh, Icky at his position. Yeah. That's not what I'm worried about. Is um, it, at this point because the mistakes I saw today from Icky were mental. Yeah. And they weren't what what many people have concerns is can he is the problem that he's just not suited to be a pass to do well in pass protection and that he's really just this great mauler and you're almost missing the opportunity for him to be that mauler. I don't think that that's where we're at or even really that close. But I think there is merit to what Cody and them have talked about in those positional strengths right there. The Carolina Panthers fall in their second preseason game. It's the C3 Panthers postgame show. We appreciate you guys tuning in and hanging out with us. The number's 252-228-5098. Just a few minutes left to get your calls in. We appreciate your time, your support. The number's, well, I already said that. Please smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe. Consider being a C3 super fan. For just $1.99 a month, you can continue to help us grow the longest-running Panthers podcast. But the easiest way to help us grow that costs no money is to share the show. Put it on Facebook. Put it on X.com, formerly known as Twitter. Put it on Reddit or wherever you hang out and talk to Panthers. Tell a friend. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Phone a friend. Cody, I don't really have a ton much more to say about this team at this point. How do – I guess there's one preseason game left. And then how many weeks – we have next week is a game – is there an off week after that, and then we play? I don't think we play before Labor Day, right? Or well, Memorial Day, whatever it is. Memorial Day, right? Which one's coming that, up? The game that I'm going to is on the 19th. That's the second game, so I'm assuming seven days – or no, pardon me, eight days prior will be the 11th, so I believe September 11th. Yeah, that's our first game of the season, so – um, I'm not sure entirely how much time that is, but hey, football is around the corner, damn it. Uh, eventually, we're going to be able to stop arguing about whether or not it's preseason uh, you know, uh, mishaps or if this is something to genuinely be concerned about. Football is right around the corner. I'm pumped. I hope everyone else is pumped. Uh, tonight, we got back up to 185 viewers. Man, we appreciate having y'all back, man. Panther season is back in full force, man. We love having y'all. And um, we got Kev. Kev Kev called in. Let's get my my bastard son. Yo, yo, it's white chocolate. Do we have to? Listen, I'm gonna defend Greg here, the bad daddy. You know, you gotta look at it this way, man. We traded a lot to get him. DJ Moore, some first round picks. Like we traded up to get this dude and he has not done anything spectacular he's not done anything out of the ordinary of a normal starting quarterback to me I think Matt Corral has actually played better in the preseason than Bryce Young has um so yeah I mean I'm not on that level of 
you know, he, you know, I still think he, I saw a vote for him week one. I still think he's going to go out there and do his shit week one. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to have a really great rookie year. I don't think he's going to set records his rookie year, but I think he's going to have a really great rookie year. Mm-hmm. As far as Mingo goes, I mean, I've heard the hype that he's going to come out, he's going to ball, but right now he's competing with wide receiver three. It's an early second round pick. And, and, um, I have a kind of a problem with that because Cam Smith is, was right there for us to take and he's been balling out for the Dolphins, the cornerback. He has been balling and that's something we desperately need. He is a dog. And like Dante, you know, I don't think he's hurt that bad, but he is hurt. You know, and the other corners on the team I don't really trust besides Horn. So I'm hoping to see more of Mingo. I'm not saying I hate your pick. I just want to see more. And I haven't really seen anything. Same with Bryce Young. He had a good play today. He had um, one good play. I man. still think we, we should find somebody defensive end. I don't trust anybody on defense of line. But uh, besides Burns and Brown, that's it. Uh, those are my thoughts. Now, second preseason game, nothing to worry about. Well, there's something to worry about, but we freak out. Wait till week one to freak out. Those are my thoughts. Peace. I love, I love this comment from Kristen De- uh, Ladane. Excuse me, I almost said Delane. Kristen Ladane says there is incons- there are there are inconsistencies in all areas on our team. And with new coaches, I'm not surprised. Just going to stay positive and patient. Keep pounding. It's right. Right now, we have no choice but to to be patient and to recognize, too, that the the hype that a lot of this has been created by us. Right. Is that if you think about this and this is where I will, I think, and this is kind of the handicap of Greg's position in many ways is Greg's fundamental argument is that he, we oversold somebody to him. Nah. And that is that it's been underwhelming. And that I think what many ways is, is like us, uh, so many people conflict were like 10 games, 11 games, but, but you know, and, and this is the season for that, right? It is the season for you to be optimistic, positive. If you are going to go 17 and Oh, it starts with the fans on day one of the draft or whatever. Right. But is the reality is that the NFL is going to be is difficult. The Carolina Panthers have a completely no coaching staff and are going to be different. And this, while we hope that the, the ascendancy to success is swift is that it will not come without challenge and adversity. And that's just going to be part of it is that it, whether it, we come out the gate and we look great, or whether we are terrible, whether this is slow burn, is there will be challenges, there'll be bumps and bruises, there'll be successes, and there will be failures along the way. That's just a reality. I have been underwhelmed. I and I think I've I've been listening to y'all too much. But I actually don't think that we're this bad. I don't think. I think if we play this bad during the regular season, I'll be remarkably disappointed. Yeah. I'll just be like this. I don't care about what player, what anything is. I think if the Panthers 
I promise you is that if the Panthers win five games, I will be remarkably disappointed this year. Absolutely. Not just disappointed, I agree. remarkably disappointed. And that's coming from a guy who is, will be okay with seven. I think we can find opt, like find a future with seven wins. I think we can find a future with eight wins. I think we can find, and look, if we get to nine wins, I think I'm going to be like, hey, that's great. Now, if we get above 10 or something, I'll be like, yeah, you're going to watch me on this podcast be the biggest whatever in the whole history of the world. At the same Same. time, though, is I think there's a big difference for this team between five wins and seven wins and nine wins. Those are like monumentally different seasons to me. Yeah. Uh, By the way, uh, Eric with the $5 love bomb donated just to say, I don't agree with Greg entirely. But people need to stop getting offended when he gives his opinion. That's just the way he feels. So, and, and can can, can I add to that? Because because I, I agree. Like like look, don't be the kind of people that if your opinion is not like challenged, you automatically assume somebody is an asshole or wrong. Okay, like I just had somebody here tell me that. Well, you can't judge this because it's only based off of two games, and we don't know what's going on yet. And it's like, well, okay, but based on that. You have you, been remarkably pessimistic, dude. How could somebody tell me that I can't say I'm pessimistic after two games, but you can be optimistic? There's no way. No, I don't even know. No, if there's they no were way optimi- you can look at the stats and the final score of the games. And Greg, tell with me your heart that of you hearts, you can be optimistic after two weeks, and I can't be pessimistic. Look, look into my eyes. Me, I mean, look into my eyes looking, right now. Looking. You're off yeah. the my camera a little bit. You're like hanging off the edge there. You can't say, can you truly look me in the eyes and say that you haven't leaned in to this position? Of course like, I have. Okay. Yeah, of course I have. Because I mean, you are leaning in, bro. You are, because people you're not me about it. But here's the thing. Here's yeah, the but thing, you're Tony. leaning in at every no, possible look, moment. Tony can, can, Tony, can you look at me and tell me that after two games of nine completions of 58 yards, that I can say that I can't say that looks bad but you can say that looks good. Like, are, you can you really tell me that? Like, like, can you not say you're not leaning into that? Because there's no way you can fairly make that argument and be correct. I'm not Kev totally right. wrong. He said, I believe I'm not you saying he's not. I'm not saying he's terrible. So right. Well, hey, okay? also, what so there's no way you can say that after four games, after after four drives or whatever he's had, that you're a believer. And I can't say I'm not a believer. Nobody, nobody. The fact the stats whatever you show he's also, not a good guy. I, I, I do want to say, I do want to say this. One of the things that we pride ourselves with over here at C3 is, different is we, don't, we don't tell anyone how to be a fan. We've had, G baby, we, we've had G-Baby and C-Dog and so many people that have come up here and they're like, blah, he's the undercover Falcons fan. And blah, blah, blah. Whatever, dude. We don't tell people what opinions they need to hold about the Panthers. So, And by the way, I think that's why you should continue to come back to the C3 Panthers podcast, baby, because this is not just an echo chamber. I don't always agree with CK. CK doesn't always agree with me. Tony doesn't always agree with Greg. Greg doesn't always agree with Tony. That's what it is being a fan, man. We're here to have that dialogue, have that back and forth. And, hey, time is going to tell. Either Greg is going to be able to gloat over absolutely everyone 
or they're gonna come for that ass, Greg. So whatever happens, we're all gonna be sad at that point. We're all gonna be sad. And right now, to me, and again, I want to reiterate this because I know that we don't tell people. I want to tell people how I'm fanning about this team, about Bryce Young right now. So if everybody gets to fan the way they want to fan, this guy right here, the way he's fanning, is that there? He's the last on my list of issues with the Carolina Panthers right now. He's at the very single bottom person of the list. Number one, because he is going to be the guy, period. Number two, he has met, he's he's displayed the traits and the attributes and the characteristics that can win to me in the NFL. Number th- I think this is that there's just 97, there's 99 problems, but Bryce Young ain't one. <laughs> and when it comes to, I mean, we're at this point, it's week two of the preseason and we're talking about the the coaching staff. Man, people, we're already talking about the GM, dude. It's week two of the preseason, and we are people are literally re- legitimately too fanning against the damn GM. So you know what I'm saying? Like, is this is I got 99 problems with the Panthers, and Bryce Young ain't one. Um uh, look. Those are all the calls, and we got one more super chat to read. Do it. I miss one. All right. Because oh, yeah. this is we the do. this is from the real AP. Because this is the dopest podcast. Thank you. It's been a it's been boy. You know what? We put a lot of emotion into this. We invest a lot emotionally into a this podcast. Tonight, yes. You should have seen it for the three hours during the game. What that shit was like. Because this is the dopest podcast, and I can afford it again. Laugh out loud, keep pounding. Thank you, the real AP, for your support of the podcast. You guys are fantastic. You can call into the show. We're going to be here when's next meeting, Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Longest running Panthers podcast. I'm going to lock us down a good guest for this week to try to bring us some professional insight other than us just burning down the house beside each other. Man, we're like all going to be out there with the damn matches and the gasoline and the shit like that. No, there are uh, there's a long season ahead of us, and we have faced challenge adversity in this moment. We appreciate that support. We appreciate that time. And you guys, we were here during the watch along. We're gonna do this next week too. I hope. Um, it was a shitty. It's been shitty. A shitty start, and it's been much like the plumbing in my house at this moment. And after I get done with this podcast, I'm gonna have to go sleep at my in laws' house because I can't take a shower. I can't flush the toilet at the house right now. It's literally shitty. So thank you, the real AP. That, that five, shit. the three fifty or three dollars that we get from YouTube is really going to help. Hopefully, I'm gonna actually have to borrow money from somebody. I'm gonna be calling CK up. The um, <laughs> smash the thumbs up button, um, Cody. You guys, everything. You want to say anything? Where you want to be at? What you want to be about? This is your moment. Get us out of here. No, nah, man. I mean, just hit me up. Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, hey, man, we've got content coming for y'all. Hit that join button because the film room coming back. C3 Madden Simulation. Well, we should do it tomorrow. Coming we should back. get up here and watch that shit tomorrow. Uh, anyway, down. I'll mess Hit me up. Okay. Yeah, uh, and the Madden Simulation is coming back. And all of those are going to release a day early for all of the people that join for $1.99 a month. It gives us a little bit of incentive and gives you guys a reason 
to keep on coming back and supporting the pod. Gentlemen, we love y'all. To everyone in the chat, everyone on the pod, my name is Cody Lashney. That's the professor, Tony Dunn, the starter of all this. CK, the voice that makes them moist. You know him, you love him. Cody Dizzle Allen. And the wet blanket himself, the stat daddy, the bat daddy, the best beard in all of Panther football, my man Greg. We'll be back this Tuesday night at 9 for another edition of the C3 Panthers podcast. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, keep pounding. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.